This is Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. And now your host, Michael O'Fallon. Something very important has happened over the past week or so, both here in the United States and throughout the world. Maybe you've noticed. Maybe you noticed with all the forced vaccine mandates. Mandates intended on not just getting people vaccinated, but as well highlighting those who will not follow directions. You know, those people that will think for themselves. People who will attempt to look at all the available evidence go through the process of falsification and the application of the scientific method, and arrive at a conclusion that they believe is evidence-based, facts-based, and the best conclusion for them and for their families. And this has been the way that things have always been in the United States of America. But then the mandates came in. And just if you think back, all of this was unthinkable back in June of this year, just back three months ago. And of course, what I mean by the unthinkable is meaning a mandate from the president imposed on our population through government pressure. A mandate that the Biden administration said that they wouldn't impose just back in June is now being imposed and agreed upon by corporations and governments across the United States. Remember, just a few months ago, the Biden administration said that they would not impose mandates. And then everything changed that quickly, in a flash, without so much as a debate with Congress or with time enough for the police, nurses, doctors, pilots, teachers, and folks in offices across the United States to strategically react. So, at the same time, well, as I predicted back on August 31st, 2021 in my episode, disrupting America, our supply chains are being broken at the same time. Not by factors that are out of our control, but by purposed and strategic negligence. And of course, everyone is going to blame this on COVID-19. But remember, it wasn't COVID-19 that caused all of our issues that we have today. It was the response of our governments and major corporations that has caused all the issues that we have today. Because COVID-19 had very little to do with it. It was their response to COVID-19. Well, case in point, let me introduce you to a man by the name of Wally Adeyemo. Wally Adeyemo was the Deputy Secretary at the U.S. Treasury, the second-in-command. Wally Adeyemo is a Nigerian-American government official serving as the United States Deputy Secretary of the Treasury. Wally Adeyemo was the first president of the Obama Foundation and also served during the Obama administration as the Deputy National Security Advisor for International Economics from 2015 to 2016 and Deputy Director of the National Economic Council. President Obama selected Adeyemo to concurrently serve as Deputy National Security Advisor for International Economics and Deputy Director of the National Economic Council 
in 2015, serving, of course, until 2016. Adayamo then went on to serve as a senior advisor at BlackRock. Previously, he served as interim chief of staff for the firm's CEO, Lawrence Fink. And as we have already covered on public occurrences in the past, BlackRock is by far the greatest financial player in making what is known as the Great Reset happen. Now, this is from USA Today back in 2020, and I quote, Big money is turning its back on companies that aren't conforming to one simple idea, sustainability. And it's fueling one of the biggest transfers of capital the world has ever seen. In fact, within a year, 77% of institutional investors will stop buying into companies that aren't, in some way, sustainable. And the king of Wall Street is leading the charge. BlackRock. With over $7 trillion in assets under management, says its clients will double their ESG investments in just five years. Money managers on the street are saying climate change is their top concern. By the way, of course, that's because BlackRock is telling them that it needs to be their top concern to switch into the ESG model. I continue. And a leading criteria when determining where they put their money to work. Sustainable assets already account for 17.1 trillion dollars. But there could be as much as 120 trillion up for grabs. And that's exactly why sustainable stocks are outperforming the market. They are the new go-to investment but could be far better than gold. This sector is a safe haven in that the road to sustainability is long. And it's not just big money's downside protection against ESG-related risks. Many are money makers. While big money is busy scrambling for somewhere to park this $120 trillion that's up for grabs, it could be looking for something like FaceDrive a tech-driven, multi-vertical, next-gen company with an ESG-focused portfolio that just pulled off a major coup with the acquisition of Washington, D.C.-based Steer, a high-end EV subscription service that plans to get even more EVs on the road, and even to upend the way we think about car ownership altogether. And this isn't the only vertical that ties FaceDrive into a multi-billion dollar industry. It's tied to the $5 trillion global transportation industry, the $9 trillion healthcare industry, the $850 billion airline industry, the $600 billion major league sports industry, and the $26 billion food delivery segment. Ladies and gentlemen, this is all connected. I continue. From the world's first carbon offset ride-sharing platform to an electric vehicle vehicle subscription service, FaceDrive is rethinking the entire concept of car ownership. And ESG investors are loving it. And by the way, folks, just on a side note, if you're wondering why you can't buy a car, why you can't get a car that's used for underneath the original selling price that it was four years ago, Now you know why. I continue. And its people and planet first motto fits in perfectly with the new kings of Wall Street. 
But today's institutional investor is looking for the value that only high-tech sustainability, good governance, and social impact can deliver. In 2020, these are the criteria that could make the difference between making money and losing money. On a side note again, folks, once again, understand. ESG, as I will explain, is the way that you make or lose money, whether you're in or out, in the new economy, in the new world. I continue. Investors have had enough financial loss over scandal, and they're banking on anyone who's not paying attention to the climate risking a lot in the end. Now, COVID has hastened that even more, with PricewaterhouseCooper noting that, quote, public awareness of ESG-related risks has catapulted climate change and sustainability to the top of the global agenda, end quote, and that COVID has brought, quote, the real-life impacts of overlooking ESG factors into the spotlight, end quote. And that's why BlackRock CEO Larry Fink says that awareness is rapidly changing, and I believe we are on the edge of a fundamental reshaping of finance, end quote. That's a multi-trillion dollar reshaping of finance. And this is exactly where FaceDrive steps up to the plate. And where giants like Uber and Lyft have failed. Uber and Lyft disrupted the hundred-year-old taxi dynasty completely, but they ignored the growing sustainability trend. They created more pollution than they displaced. And in terms of governance, they spent most of their time butting heads with local authorities and their own drivers. Now, of course, on a side note, that also was encouraged, you know, the butting heads by BlackRock. I continue. FaceDrive saw the gaps and created a roadmap for the ride-hailing future. It was the first to offer riders a choice of EVs and hybrids, and the first to plant trees to offset its carbon footprint. It's the first carbon offset offering in this space. But that was only the beginning. When you combine the 5 trillion global transportation industry with an energy industry whose renewable sector is growing dramatically, you get one of the most lucrative marriages of industry yet. Face Drive Steer, backed by an Exelon subsidiary, is planning the biggest disruption. Again, let me quote that one more time. Going back. Face Drive Steer, backed by an Exelon subsidiary, is planning the biggest disruption the private automobile industry has seen in decades. In its plan to disrupt the auto industry, Steer offers a seamless, hassle-free technology that gives subscribers access to their own virtual garage of low-emission vehicles and EVs. Now, the biggest names on Wall Street are shifting their capital in big numbers. And these are the ESG verticals they're looking for. Now, let's remember what an ESG is, by the way. It is the new credit system for all individuals and corporations. There is no one who will be left out of the ESG system. It is the new credit system. That's what I just read from the USA Today article above. Well, let's remember ESG. First, E, environmental. Are you or your company doing what you can to follow the UN Agenda 2030 Sustainable Development Goals to create a sustainable circular economy? 
Now, along with that, that means you are going to help to make sure that we get out of our capitalistic economy. Next in the ESG is S, social. Are you doing what you can as a company or individual to ensure that diversity, equity, and inclusion, Marxist ideologies that are most well-expressed in critical race theory and standpoint epistemology, are you doing all you can to infuse race Marxism or identity Marxism into your organization? That's the S in ESG. And finally, the G, governance. Governance. Are you doing all that you can to support and forward all of the goals of the new tyrannical government that is demanding these ideas become the new neo-Marxist fascistic guidelines for our nation and world? Are you doing this? Will you be obedient? Will you follow the rules? Uh, Those of you in the education sector, the first responders, the travel sector, Those of you in the restaurant industry, in the tech industry, in the information industry, will you obey? Well, what are the consequences? Well, for the consequences, let's get back to Mr. Wally Adeyemo, who worked at BlackRock, who worked for Obama, who is now our United States Deputy Secretary of the Treasury. What did he say about all of this? Well, the Deputy Secretary at the U.S. Treasury has put Americans on notice that the only way to end the plague of empty shelves around the country is for every resident to be vaccinated. Uh, That frank warning came off to many, including to me, as a threat. Because Wally Adayamo, the Biden administration's second highest official in the Treasury Department, appeared to publicly blackmail the still sizable portion of Americans who have not yet been vaccinated against COVID-19 during an interview last Thursday on ABC, seemingly blaming them for the ongoing shortages of consumer goods that have led many to mock the president as empty shelves Joe. And despite viral photos depicting thousands of cargo ships lined up at the Port of Los Angeles ready to unload their goods, and believe me, I was just in Miami this past week, where we could count the amount of cargo ships that were there. Now, they were starting to come in because of Ron DeSantis, but they were lined up there as well. But despite all these photos of thousands of cargo ships lined up at the Port of Los Angeles... Adiamo claimed that the supply chain issues plaguing so many U.S. retailers are an international issue and will only let up when a sufficient percentage of the country has been vaccinated. Adiamo described the disastrous economic conditions as, quote, an economy that's in transition, end quote. And as I have been warning all of my listeners to the causes of things, since 2017, you would know that we are being forcibly transitioned from an analog, objective, capitalist world and system into a digital, subjective, national, socialist, fascist, neo-Marxist system. It is out with the old and in with the new. And so the old must be broken. It must be damaged. It must be discarded. The old must be shown to be weak and fragile. 
And then you can bring in the new. The new world order. The new system of intersectionally distributed revenue, opportunities, and goods. The new system of constant surveillance. The new system of totalitarianism. That is what a Diamo is referring to when he describes the disastrous economic conditions as, quote, an economy that's in transition, end quote. You see, the Biden administration is transitioning you. Major corporations are transitioning you. The military is being transitioned to fight for a new global order. The senators and congressmen, Democrat and Republican alike, are transitioning you. And your faith-based religious organizations, evangelical, Catholic, Muslim, Buddhist, Mormon, their leaders, they are softening the blow and preparing you to transition. That's what's happening. This is what Build Back Better is all about. But that isn't all that Adayamo said. Adayamo acknowledged that, quote, we are seeing high prices for some of the things that people have to buy, end quote. And while he praised the administration's stimulus payments, the beginning of permanent socialism and the creative class, he also pinned the blame squarely on the unvaccinated. See, because Adaimo just stated, quote, the reality is that the only way we're going to get to a place where we can work through this transition is if everyone in America and everyone around the world gets vaccinated, end quote. You see, Adaimo said the quiet part out loud. Their masks are coming off. They're telling you what they're really up to. It's no longer a conspiracy theory. And so by adding fuel to the conspiratorial fire, Adaimo explained that the primary reason Biden continued to push for everyone to be vaccinated was that only then, when everybody's vaccinated, could the White House, quote, provide the resources the American people need to make it to the other side, end quote. That's right. Adaimo made the statement that people will get their supplies when they are obedient to Biden's and Klaus Schwab's desires to get the jab. You get the jab, you be obedient, you get your food, your electronics, your medicines. You just have to be a good boy. And if you don't, they will enact embargoes on the American people. That's what this is. This is a U.S. self-imposed embargo by the Biden administration with the help of California on the people of the United States of America. A U.S. imposed embargo against the U.S. An embargo encouraged by the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, and China to break the United States. You see, the United States has never really been embargoed before. We're usually doing that to other folks. So you probably don't know what it feels like. But the Biden administration is imposing an embargo on us. It is an embargo to destroy capitalism and to destroy our economic systems. And it is meant to inflict pain and suffering on the people of the United States. That is going to force the need to build in 
the new intersectional global states of America. Because you have to tear down to the ground, destroy completely, disrupt and dismantle before you can build back better. And what better way to destroy and punish a nation than to impose an embargo? That is what the puppet Biden administration and their partners are doing. So what is an embargo? Well, as defined by Investopedia, an embargo is a government order that restricts commerce with a specified country or the exchange of specific goods. An embargo is usually created as a result of unfavorable political or economic circumstances between nations. Let me take a side note here and understand we are living in two nations. The nation of the old, of the old system, of the capitalist system, of the system of the United States, of the Constitution of the United States, and the new, the revolution, the build back better nation, the intersectional nation, the socialist nation that is burgeoning, that is trying to take a foothold. So the new nation is putting an embargo on the old nation. Back to Investopedia and our definition. Quote, it is designed to isolate a country and create difficulties for its governing body, forcing it to act on the issue that led to the embargo. And so an embargo is a government order that restricts commerce with a specified country or the exchange of specific goods. They are usually created as a result of unfavorable political or economic circumstances between nations. Embargoes can have serious negative consequences on the affected nation's economy. Decisions on trade embargoes and other economic sanctions are often based on mandates by the United Nations. So, again, the embargo is how you punish other nations that are being naughty, like we've done to Iran in the past. Our embargoes were very effective against Iran. Our embargoes were very effective against Cuba through the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And now, the United States, along with their corporate fascist partners at the World Economic Forum, and the World Economic Forum, of course, has a public-private partnership with the United Nations, well, they are placing an embargo on the old systems, the old nation of the United States. Our leaders across the globe, in lockstep with one another, are following the exact same script. See, when all the Western leaders have the exact same ideas at the exact same time, use the exact same catchphrases like Build Back Better, and push the exact same narratives, it shows that they really are not leaders at all. Real leaders write their own scripts. They don't just read the scripts that are handed to them as if they don't have minds of their own. Because they don't have minds of their own. They're following a prepared script. And with this embargo, with this U.S. embargo that is being employed against the U.S., they're going to cause mass unemployment with their proposed vaccine mandates. They're going to cause small businesses throughout the United States to go out of business when they can't put goods on their shelves. 
They're going to create downward equity by limiting supplies at hospitals and clinics. They've placed an embargo on the United States. Quick question. Would this be happening if Donald Trump were in office? If it was Donald Trump's administration dealing with all of these issues? Absolutely not. And you know for darn sure that Pete Buttigieg would not be on maternity leave. You know that Trump would be on the phone calling everyone and anyone to ensure that goods got to shelves, that medicines would be getting to those that need medicines, that people's jobs would be protected, that food delivery would be on time, that solutions would be created. And he would be ensuring that national socialism, more so international socialism, would not be taking over our nation. But instead, we've had an insurrection. And the enemies of the United States are within our own government. And the enemies of our economy are running our economy. The enemy of your future is running the corporation you work for. And the enemies of the church. The enemies are in the church. So if you haven't taken the time to take a stand in your workplace, in your local government, in your church, now is the time. Now is the time to stand. To be vocal. To be courageous. Firstly, the enemies must be escorted out of office, out of publicly traded companies, and out of the ministry. We must fire them all. They must be fired out of education, everywhere, both in the public and private institutions. And you, you need to get ready to lead. And this will not be easy. It really is that simple. But it will not be easy. And you may lose everything in the process. But I will ask you this question once again. What are you made of? And what are you going to do about it? We must win. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. Thank you.